Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am here, my co-hostess with the Moses, Cassidy Williams and Ryan Donovan. How you doing, y'all? Hello. Hey, how you doing? Today should be a really fun episode. We are going to be chatting with Alexandra Cardenas, who is a musician and a coder, a composer, a programmer, an improviser, live coder, and algo raver. Oh, that last one is really good. Algo Ooh. raver. So we're going to be chatting about mixing art with code, doing live code, and Today's episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Logitech. So we're going to be talking about keyboards, macros, and getting into the flow state. So without further ado, Alexandra, welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very happy to be here, Rene. So I guess first things first, how did you find yourself in this really interesting intersection of code and music or code and art? You know, is this something you started as a young kid or something you came to later in life, just give us a little backstory so people, you know, can kind of yeah. be grounded in where you're coming from. Well, I am a musician and I started studying music quite early, but apart from that, I discovered computers too at school, but never occurred to me to put them together until I was studying classical music at the university. I was studying composition and part of the requirements of the training is to learn the history of musical instruments. And so we went from the beginning, from the voice and stones and bones until the computer as a musical instrument. And that for me changed my mind completely, discovering how many things you could do with the computer is infinite is uh, really compared to to the way you make music uh, with so many instruments. There are so many requirements to make acoustic music. You need to put so many people together. But when you have the computer, you have so much autonomy because you have so much power to create new sounds and, and new ways to combine those sounds. So I started this discovery of the computer as a musical instrument when I was at the university. That's so cool. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you can do that like they, they think of it as just like oh yeah this is how like you layer things on top of each other and that's it but not as an actual instrument itself yeah yeah and and you do live coding music right i talked to uh the creator of sonic pi a few years back and some friends of mine have done done stuff with that what software do you use for live coding i use tidal cycles mostly uh, tidal cycles is written by alex mclean also from the uk and it is a tool, it is a, it's a sub-language of Haskell, the programming language is Haskell. Oh. Mm -hmm. So Alex McLean made it with the idea to make it simpler to make beat music with code. Because uh, before Tidal Cycles, mm -hmm. I was using Super Collider, which was the tool that I have been using as a composer for many years. So we were live coding with Super Collider. Uh, a lot of people were coding Super Collider. That's actually, Super Collider was the one who started the whole live coding thing because suddenly Super mm -hmm. Collider was able to render sound in real time. Immediately, mm -hmm. the people who were using it said, okay, let's make performances with this and let's show our screens. And that's how live coding was born. Mm -hmm. But then with time, people wanted to also make beat-based music. Mm. And actually, it was a joke from Alex mm. McLean, the writer of Tidal Cycles, and Nick Collins, who is a fantastic programmer and composer. And they were together uh, on a car in a highway somewhere in Germany. And they were listening to some pirate radio. And they said, wow, we should make beat-based music with live coding. Mm. 
And they started making jokes. Yeah, maybe this would be an algorithmic rave. Oh, yeah, let's call it an algorithm. <laughs> so it was a joke, you know, <laughs> two friends in, in a car one afternoon. And then it became like a whole movement, global movement, thousands of people making music with code to make people dance. So that's the algorithm. That's it's like the party of the life coders. Amazing how much of the world starts as a joke and then ends up becoming very real. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. I'm curious with the live coding part of it. I've noticed just from the little that I've seen, a lot of the live coding music languages tend to be functional languages. Is there a reasoning behind that? Well, probably the only functional one I know is Tidal Cycles, which is Haskell. Okay. There was a lispy one too. Well, I don't know much about uh, programming languages. I'm a musician, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a programmer. Well, I am a programmer, but I'm not <laughs> trained as a programmer. I'm trained as a musician and I'm learning code in order to look for ways to make music mm. and music in a different way is to have a new approach to music. But I know that, for instance, Super Collider is object-oriented programming. Okay. But what I have seen is that Tidal Cycles, uh, which is uh, functional programming, is very, very good for music because it's so creative. Mm. And thinking about music in terms of functions, at least for me, is the best way. Because uh, for me, music was always like that. I was always very in love with mathematics and discovering the mathematics in music. Yeah. So with Tidal Cycles, mm. it's so natural uh, how my musical language translates into the code, right. thanks to this mm -hmm. functional idea. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's interesting you mentioned math because I've heard several people say that Haskell is a language that really appeals to mathematicians and people with that sort of bent. So it seems like all those things are coming together. The mind of a composer, you know, mathematical structures, making music and a programming language that, you know, in some ways I think people feel is very optimized for that. It is. And I have heard, because I have played a lot, many times in functional programming conferences. They take me to see how to make music with functional mm -hmm. programming. And when I enter the conferences and, and try to understand myself, it's very complicated for me as a non-trained <laughs> programmer. But what I have seen is that there is a big urge in having more functional programming in our world. Like uh, most commercial software and stuff is, is object-oriented. And what I see in this conference is that they say that the, the possibilities of functional programming are so, so incredible. And it's sadly mostly being used in academia. So I, I'm mm -hmm. very interested in and right now I'm making techno with functional programming. And it, it is amazing. It has changed the way I perceive music. It's very powerful. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you're you're performing and coding these these parties, and I assume a lot of them are at night, how do you sort of stay alert and stay sort of in the, in the state of flow with those late night parties? Well, since I, I am a musician and I played classical guitar many years and, and then with the computer, I always played mm. in the times of where concerts usually are, like at eight in the night uh, and then finish at nine and then you go sure. to dinner and go back home. But I still keep a bit of that in the sense that I make my live sets which last tops one hour, and then then I can stay in the party a little bit, and then I go back home. No, so so it, I'm not a DJ in the sense that I'm not playing four, five, six hours in a festival at three in the morning. That's something I, I haven't done, and I well, I'm open. If it happens, that would be really amazing. 
But I think the most important thing is how I have kept myself balanced because I play so many different kinds of music and I, and I play in different environments and different times. So for me, my spiritual practice, my meditation, daily meditation is basic. So for me, meditation is what has given me the practice to enter my flow, flow state in a more conscious way. So if I am, uh, like last Sunday, I played a live set in, uh, in Berlin in the Club de Visionaire. It's a beautiful club here. And at the beginning, there was a lot of people I didn't know, and I started feeling a bit nervous and imposter syndrome started to appear here. And <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it's the first time I'm playing only with other DJs, like with real with DJs, you know, it's the first time I'm not playing in a live mm -hmm. coding event. So I felt like really going into the wild now, into the bringing my life coding <laughs> into society. <laughs> And mm -hmm. I felt really nervous, so I took my time to close my eyes, take a deep breath, and remember what I'm doing, my things. And this capability of controlling your thoughts and remaining calm, no matter what, is something that meditation gives you constantly. And I think for musicians, for programmers, for everybody, actually, having this practice with your mm -hmm. mind is very important, especially if you're someone like me who's traveling a lot and facing different situations all the time, mm -hmm. even more valuable. Very cool. Is there um, a part that uh, your gear plays into that? I know for, you know, I'm a guitarist and I know a lot of guitarists talk about, you know, they swear by their Fender Stratocaster or particular gauge of strings or the size of their pick. But even yeah. is there gear that you're like, oh, this is the thing that helps me do better? Well, yeah. It has been always my MacBook because uh, at the beginning, I, uh, I always had an Apple, a Macintosh, no? since the beginning since I was at school and th and that helped me a lot to get into into sound in a different way it was for me very much more comfortable but then also a part of me because I was also considering being a percussionist and then I was also playing the guitar and whenever I traveled I had to carry all my equipment mm. and then, then with time I, I started traveling more and more and more and then I said I'm so happy that I'm just traveling with my laptop and I'm going to keep it like this because I see other musicians playing with so many synthesizers and controllers and lights here and lights there and carrying a lot of, or DJs carrying their, their vinyls or whatever. And I was like, I can't, I was very happy that I just have my backpack with my laptop and my keyboard and my mouse and my little sound interface. And then from there, I connect to every kind of sound the sound of the venues that are so different to every every venue is a is a universe. So right. I'm very happy that I could reduce the amount of things I'm carrying with me. So you may not know this, but Cassidy is a keyboard aficionado, owns a lot of them, has created many of them, belongs to a group all about them. Can we talk a little bit about the keyboard you use? And like, yeah, you know, do you treat it like an instrument? You mentioned wanting to sort of limit the amount of gear you're bringing with you, right? But like, when you're live coding, you know, what role does the keyboard play? It's so important. At the beginning, I didn't use so much uh, an external keyboard, but it translated later with the years in, in a problem with my neck because I was all the time oh. hunching on my laptop yeah. on the table. Like live coders at the beginning were so much like that. Anywhere where we can play under the floor here in this little corner with my laptop. Uh, but then you don't take care of your neck and then... I decided to buy a stand to lift my laptop 
and then uh, enter in the keyboard world. And it has been the best decision, of course, for my health and my neck, but also <laughs> because this keyboard is so powerful. And I type so fast here. I have been always typing fast. I have for years been typing without looking at my keyboard. But this is amazing because it's really ergonomic. So it, it gives me more more freedom. And even sometimes I, I don't, life, for instance, I don't type so much code. Usually I'm just mm -hmm. switching some numbers and it's very rare that I write all the code from scratch. Even though we have this practice in life coding, it's called coding from scratch. And then we start mm -hmm. typing from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But even those moments when I don't need to type a lot of things, I feel so much more in control with this keyboard. Yeah, the MX keys is, is wonderful. And then for when I perform or when I'm traveling, I take my mini, the mini version. And it's so great because I fit everywhere in the train. I love rehearsing in the trains. So I go with my little <laughs> keyboard and then I take a little <laughs> corner of the table and then there's my little keyboard. And, and that's all I need, you know? Right. As long as you don't have the really loud switches on the train, I'm sure people would love that. <laughs> Do you use any special macros or anything when you're putting stuff together on your keyboard? That is super new. I have in the past uh, had some snippets of code that I that I sometimes invoke. But mm -hmm. now with this keyboard also, because it has an amazing software and it has the smart, smart actions, I'm discovering how to use that as a musical advantage. Like how can I create macros that I can apply it to transformations or where I can recall already yeah, some, some snippets of code. But I love, I put a set of snippets of code and I make the keyboard choose randomly. Oh, So cool. for instance, I have different bass lines in A minor and then, okay, surprise me, choose one of them. And, <laughs> and then I work the rest of the music from that. Right. That's very that keeps exciting. the music fresh. Yeah. Yeah. It's improvising for you and then you get to play yeah. off of that. Yeah, because life coding is very much about improvising. Mm -hmm. So I am a composer and an improviser. And with life coding, I can do both things. So I prepare my track with the sounds and the B BPM that I want and the tonality I want and the style I want. But then when I arrive, I improvise. So I don't know with what instrument I'm starting. or mm -hmm. So that's when the macros come really really handy and, and it's very exciting because it is like a, another way to dialogue with the computer mm. because mm. in my programming, there is already a lot of randomness. So I'm giving mm. the computer a lot mm. of space to propose things to me, but I can also do it with the code. So I can tell the computer, propose me some code. And that has been super interesting in, in this. Another way I use my smart actions of, of this keyboard is that um, since my software is not a commercial software, Tidal Cycles is a software made uh, open source and it's made by the community. So, mm, so right. it's not really even packed yet. And we have had a lot of troubles putting this in a pack that people can just download and install, mm. like Sonic Pi does, for instance. It, it, it has not been possible mm -hmm. yet with Tidal Cycles. So I have to open first my sound router and then I open my, my digital audio workstation and then I open Super Collider and then I have to wait and load some synthesizers I have written <laughs> there and then I right. have to wait and then 
open title cycles, which is my atom, my it takes or... time for the orchestra to warm up, right? Like yes. you need a, yeah, to get the, so, all of your players and when ready. You're, <laughs> like imagine entering the club and everybody's there looking at you, waiting for you to start making some <laughs> beat based music. And you're like, oh my God, I have to open this and then I have to compile right. this. So <laughs> I'm super happy that I just uh, click on one of my keys and then right. the whole thing starts. So I can just overlook it and then talk with other people and stuff. And then I come back and, and it has taken care uh, a lot of my worries. So That's this fun. has been very good. Yeah, we'll make sure to drop the link to the GitHub page for Tidal Cycles. It's coming up on 2000 stars and it's got mm -hmm. 65 contributors. So if there's folks listening who are into music and might know how to package it up, we'll share that link so people can check it out. That's wonderful. It would be so great. Yeah, yeah. We need help and we need more people and hands and ideas. It's a wonderful piece of software and is, of course, open and free for everybody. So if you want right. to join. For all you Haskell heads out there, now's your chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love the conversations between musicians and programmers because even we are, if we are so different in different worlds, we have so many things in common. So I think mixing these two worlds is super important uh, part of the future, not only of music, but technology, because also I have taught so many programmers their first steps in music making, and they feel so empowered and happy that, yeah. to know that they can do music too, no? So no more this separation of technology and creativity when Actually, arts have always been using technology, always. Music has always been using the latest technology ever since we mm -hmm. discovered the stones, you know. And the same yeah. with technology. It can be really inspired by arts. And when you take it in your hands, always for everybody, playing an instrument is very, it's a very good exercise, even if you're not a professional. But just time with yourself to make music is super important. And then a lot of programmers say, yeah, but I don't have time because I work so much. Okay, but you can take one hour and make some bits in your computer whenever you want or any kind of music you want. I think... Yeah. I would say uh, maybe not a majority, but a large number of programmers I know are musical in some way. And I think it's exactly because mm -hmm. of what you just said, like it kind of goes hand in hand and it uses your brain in different ways. Or uh, similarly, I also play music. And a lot of times when I'm playing, it feels like I'm solving a problem to figure out, like, how do I want to do this fingering or, or how do I want to play this sequence? Out? I mean, yeah. I think both activities activate that data flow that, you know. I think I'd go after that pretty hard with the uh, the music just to get that feeling like your top of your game. Yeah, I agree with that, Ryan, and that, you know, Alex was mentioning earlier how helpful meditation is for her. And a lot of people describe mm -hmm. sort of being alone in the flow state, similar benefits in that, you know, everything else kind of fades out. You're spending a lot of time with your own mind and there can mm -hmm. be, you know, a lot of benefits to that. One question that came to mind, Alexandra, you mentioned, you know, sometimes you walk into a space and, you know, there's a lot of DJs, you feel a bit of imposter syndrome. How would you describe the experience of being a woman in the tech and coding industry or in the live coding space? Is that something that you feel like is an extra challenge and maybe something that, you know, you have advice for, you know, other young folks who want to participate? Yes, of course. It has been a challenge. It was more of a challenge when I was younger. 
because mm-hmm. now th- we are waking up and there's more feminism and people under- understanding more how equality works. So I feel there has been a change, but still we need to work so much on, on this. There's still so much, so many barriers for people who are not white men. It's, it's unbelievable. And we have it so normalized that... Uh, mm. That we don't recognize it. And it took me like, it was a long process of years to understand like why my efforts are, don't give me as much as the efforts of my colleagues who are male. No, I I want to know Mm -hmm. what, why. So I went into discovering this and then I discovered all the history of music and discovering how many women and how many women programmers have made amazing stuff too. So, so this has been a a travel of self-discovery and discovering my self-value as a person. And just because I am a woman or a Latin woman or a middle-aged woman, it doesn't mean that I can't fulfill my dreams, no? Mm -hmm. So I have learned that and thanks to my spiritual practice too. I think everything is connected. So the more I love myself and the more I recognize that I have value and I have something to give, the more I can do it and the more opportunities appear. And it depends on me, for instance, in those moments when I see the other DJs are so young and so pretty and, and they are really with their turntables or whatever, no, it's like, well, I have something else to tell. And what I have to tell is very unique, the same as they have a very unique thing to say. And that's what we all, we all are here to express our individuality because we are part of everything. So when each one person is more able to express themselves uniquely, the better for everyone else. So that's the, the knowledge that has kept me going in a, what can seem a, look like a very, very grim world of... of uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a beautiful sentiment. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for asking me that. So I, I think that what's important is that you always follow your dreams, no matter what, because your dreams and your heart know what is what is really possible and what can be good for the world. And instead, if we listen to our egos and to what the news says and what people saying, oh, no, good luck with that. You're too old. Oh, good. Who's going to care about code? I'm like, I don't care. That's I, I really <laughs> love this. I love to do this. And then when I see people mm-hmm. like actually that day I was seeing the DJs because I had two little screens on, on the DJ table. I had two screens to monitor so that people could see the code. And even the DJs were looking at that and and we started talking about that and they discovered some things in the code and, oh, that means this. Yeah, I do this with my faders this way. And uh, yeah, well, I do it with numbers. Right. So it's a, it's a beautiful combination. And uh, it's not that some people used to say some years ago that we will be the DJs of the future. Life coders will be the mm-hmm. DJs of the future. And, and it's like, no, no, it's different. But we can really complement each other. I'm learning right now with a DJ. I'm learning how mm-hmm. to produce techno because it's a quite recent dream of mine. I arrived in Berlin 10 years ago and I mm-hmm. discovered the rave and the techno culture in Berlin, which is so deep and so it goes back mm-hmm. then to Detroit and after the world came down. And it's such a beautiful thing that is constantly changing, but it's so, so strong. And I wanted to be a part of that. And then I realized, well, maybe all my training as a composer and now as a programmer leads me to become an, a techno artist. And it's a unique mm. path, and I think everyone has a unique path. So no matter if you're if you're a woman or if you, I mean, let's not let these boundaries separate us from what mm. we really are yeah. here to give each other. That's awesome, and I think that that's that's a great sentiment to just tell anybody who's nervous to get started with something, because so many times if 
someone is interested in doing some sort of art or learning some sort of coding or, or going in any kind of direction like that, it's intimidating. And you, you see all these people who are amazing at it and you're just like, well, I don't want to just copy them. I need to come up with my own voice, but I don't know what that voice is or, or my own style or, or anything. But if you just try it as you start to develop your skills, your voice kind of comes out of that. Definitely. One of the things that life coding has taught us is that errors are part of life mm. because we're showing our screens and it feels super vulnerable. At, at the beginning, I, f I was feeling so panicky that people were looking at the things I was typing and, and my whole screen. And But then it was like learning to, it's part of being an artist. You, you have to show yourself with everything you have no and pretending to be something different is not part of the art learning to be vulnerable in front of the others is where the key is and that's what life coding has taught us like okay you have an error and uh, then it has been for me the case at the beginning that i was making so much typos and everything and then there was no music for like nine minutes <laughs> and, and then the audience, fortunately, were live coders who, and then I heard someone saying, hey, you're missing a comma. And then, <laughs> wow, he was right. I, I put the comma in and then boom, the music came and we had other 11 minutes of music. And that was nice, a yeah. huge lesson because it means, yeah, my music at the beginning was nine, nine million silence. And as John Cage would say, everything is music. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, you got the uh, the live peer review. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Have you ever seen something like that, right? Like you're doing it live, but people could put in a pull request or spot a bug for you, and then you can like accept that as you're doing it. Is that something that's yeah. possible? Yeah, it is possible. There are artists doing that here in Berlin. There's a fantastic artist who's doing that. And so you can type code from your phone. And then he receives that oh, code cool. and a lot of networking exploration because computers have the power of networking. So many life coders yeah. are exploring that from the beginning. I'm, I'm more like a, my independent artist. I love to collaborate, but I don't work as much with networking capabilities. But mm. yeah, I was thinking the other day to putting some screens with touch screen and people selecting things and that can influence mm. my yeah, my performance, that, that is, the possibilities are so enormous. <laughs> it's fantastic. Awesome. So yeah, like we mentioned, uh, you know, this is a sponsored episode from Logitech. We've actually had a bunch of them. I think it's just a really great fusion between the two brands. It really fits with Stack Overflow. You are an ambassador for the MX series. What's that been like to, you know, have your music and your image and, you know, these videos of yourself performing shared all over the world as part of an ad campaign? What's that been like? It has been surreal. And yeah. on one hand, it feels perfect as if it was meant to be for me, mm -hmm. because uh, from the very first moment, our relationship was very much of respect and authenticity. Like they would mm -hmm. never pretend me to change anything. They, they just took me as I am and that got inspired with what I told them. And then they made it uh, just beautiful to, to present to the world. So I feel very respected and, and very valued. And there's nothing of this campaign that doesn't suit me because I felt when they showed me the, the video, I felt they were like inside my mind because that's really what happens. That's how I feel when I get enter in the mass in the, in the flow state. Mm. I feel like everything disappears and I'm somewhere else. And they made it so well. So I'm super happy about about this commercial. And, and it has caused a big impact also in myself. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I am being seen. 
So I feel more empowered too. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone understands me. I feel like, okay, all these years of struggle and constant banging on walls and stuff, it's, it has paid. Yeah, in the sense that I feel, I feel recognized and what, what I'm doing is, is important somehow and that can bring good ideas to, to people, uh, inspiration. And that's, mm-hmm. I always felt that was kind of my mission in this life to, to bring inspiration and new possibilities. Good. This has been an inspiring episode. I'm excited to watch some live coding videos. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. Let's shout out someone who came on Stack Overflow and helped to spread a little knowledge. Awarded July 25th to CU3PO42. I think that's a Star Wars shout out. Uh, How to use a regular expression to find CVE matches. If you've ever wondered, we've got an answer for you and helped over 8,000 people. So congrats on your badge and thank you to CU3PO42. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me online at Ben Popper. You can reach out to us with questions or suggestions for the show, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you enjoyed the program, leave us a rating and a review. We really appreciate it. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find it at stackoverflow.blog. And if you want to reach out to me, I still check my DMs on X. I'm Cassidy Williams. I am CTO over at Contendo. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O on most things. And I am Alexandra Cárdenas. I am a composer and the live coder. And you can find my work and you can see what I've been coding lately in my Instagram, which is Tiempos del Ruido. Awesome. Yes, we'll put it in the show notes so everybody can check it out. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening as always. And we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.